Welcome to a new edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Speaking to you uh, in only the voice I can do, Austin Huff, sports editor. Evan Leepak with me for the 47th week, maybe. 46th? I think it's... 45? It's something like that. 40 plus <laughs> weeks of podcasting. We're almost up to your one year work anniversary here, It took bud. a few weeks off. In the summer, I think so. No, I don't think we ever missed a podcast. It was you and I. Yeah, we did. No. I think we definitely. No, missed. we always had one. We were always the schedule was always lined up for us to tape a podcast, but the dulcet tones of Austin Huff and Evan Lee Pack have graced GoshaNews.com every week for the last forty-five weeks. Well, I feel bad for those listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, but I feel bad. Um, we got to talk about on last week. You put me on the spot. Uh, trying to do a Chris Berman uh, Raiders voice. What about so, the G-Man? You can do G-Man. <laughs> so, but we have to talk about the Raiders. Wow. There you go. I didn't really warm it up. I thought about warming it up, but that was a weak one. It's like uh, your battery was going. Yeah, out. no, I didn't. You know, I didn't have enough coffee this morning. I'm sorry. Um, but Sheila had plenty the Raiders. of. Uh, 27. Unsweet tea from Wendy's, it looks like. Northridge Raiders. <laughs> to get back to the point, we got to talk about the Northridge Raiders football team. They defeated number two Leo 27 26 in overtime to win the Class 4A Sectional 19 championship game. An upset. For the ages, Leo was I mean, unbeaten. <laughs> unbeaten. I wouldn't call it a David versus Goliath thing, but it was definitely an upset. It was close. It was close. Like not like fully David. Like what's a step above David if that's Goliath was, is still Goliath? That's what I was thinking in my head, but I have no idea. I don't know who that would be. I I I not a uh, you know, yeah. Not a guy. Biblical, not a biblical uh, guy. No. Biblical, biblical guy. Yeah. Religious. <laughs> or you know the Bible inside and out. No. I uh, have not read it in about 26 and a half years. Um, so. Wow. Not even one verse. Well, yeah. I'm verse. pretty sure you've probably at least accidentally read one verse at some time. No. Nope. Nope. Not even in the Bible. Just like on no. a on a thing on the wall or something. Probably on the wall. Yes. Yes. I did. I, I read Bible verses that are in people's Twitter bios. So I read Joshua 1.9. Because I was good like, one. what does Evan's Twitter bio thing mean? So I looked it up. I have a tattoo of it. I'm aware. On my chest. There you go. God's, yeah. God's protecting you. <laughs> or Jesus. Whoever that is. Um, anyway, that's the end of the religious talk on this podcast. Um, Sheila almost thought about jumping in and talk about it. And I'm pretty sure that's how close we got to like breaking Sheila to speak on She's this podcast. She's getting ready. She took a sip Sheila's of Sheila's spoken the on tea. this podcast before. We she did, has. yeah. We did the, when we did trivia, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did something, and she was the moderator for that. She has talked before. Yes, we did. Uh, anyway, let's get back to the... Let's put the train back on the tracks here. Or try to, at least. Northridge 27, Leo 26, overtime. What a game. I mean, that was... I, I tweeted it out Friday night. It's probably the best high school football game I have covered since I've been here. Uh, in my four seasons now of covering football in the fall for Goshen News. Uh, the only one that was closest to it... In my brain was when Northwood lost to Angola in the same sectional final in 2018. That was also a 27-26 game, not overtime, but the same score, uh, which is kind of freaky. I didn't even realize that until Saturday, Friday night when I was like looking it up. I was like, what was the score of that one? It was 27-26. It's like a classic close game score. You know? Right, right. It was, and you know what? It was just, it was just, we were both there. 
you know, obviously you were on the sidelines. I was up top. We were both freezing. That's fine. And uh, Northridge, I mean, Northridge beat them. Like, there wasn't a fluke win, in my opinion. They beat them, like, straight up. Kind of like how Westview Boys Soccer just kept on actually beating teams. It was never a fluke, like, bounce goal, one goal, and it's it, you know? Like, right. Northridge took it to them, beat Leo at their own game, and they're they're sectional champions. I mean, what was your kind of your field-level analysis you want to share? Your, uh, your sideline reporter, Evan Leapak, uh Well, the uh, sideline energy was very solid mm-hmm. all game. You could tell they were engaged, and that's how a team needs to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think that definitely made a difference. Um, I would say on offensively for Northridge, holding the ball as much as they did, I really mm-hmm. felt like they controlled the time of possession. Got got the numbers here for you, unless you wore them down. Nope. Northridge ran 70 plays compared to 38 for Leo. And time of possession, uh, Northridge had the, held the ball for 30 minutes and 19 seconds in regulation compared to 17 minutes and 41 seconds for Leo. So there you go. There you go. You, you keep your defense off the field against a run-heavy offense. They're not going to get exhausted, mm-hmm. you know, especially when they have two, two-way two players that are pretty important. And that showed towards the end of the game with that nice uh, fourth down stand. Yeah, deep huge, in Northridge huge territory. play there. Right after Leo had returned the kickoff, too, all the way down to, like, the 30-yard line. With like three minutes left, and you're like, "All right, well, here comes Leo. They're gonna score." It's they're you know Northridge, heck of a game. You hung in there. Like this is like you know the the moral, not like a moral victory stuff, but you you hung in there with one of the best teams. But now is when Leo takes over and wins, and they did it. Northridge made the stand when they needed to, you know, and then you know scored enough in overtime to win the game. So they did, and it helped that uh, Leo. They went for two in regulation every time they scored, and then uh, they just decided to trot out that kicker. Yeah. And it was clear why they didn't use him in regulation. I was a little surprised they kicked in overtime, Leo, um, because they didn't kick all game. And there's an obvious reason why they didn't kick, because that kick in overtime had never had a chance, like wasn't ever close. And to be honest, uh, I think Northridge would have probably – Maybe even gone for two if they would have scored. Right. On the next one to win the game anyway. Right. Like if it so. was if they, if Leo had somehow made that kick, and then Northridge comes back and scores, maybe Northridge does go for two just to try to win the game. Right. Just end it there. You know. I mean, now granted, they have a great kicker, Dylan Ritchie. Uh, right. But so they were you could keep uh, the game going. But that defense was exhausted for Leo at that point. They were shoving right. it down their throat and probably could have scored. A you you, feel, you would feel confident. If you were Northridge trying to get two yards with Taggott or Rich Howard or McLean Miller, who came out of nowhere on Friday night and had a big game, he had like 70 yards rushing. He hadn't played like all season, basically, and he had seven, eight carries for 70 yards. Coach Epley said he was like a beast in her practice, so they just put him in and he performed. Like, good for him, you he know? Was breaking tackles. Yeah, he was He was the guy who put, he carried like – he rushed for like 45, 50 yards on the game tying drive in regulation. Mm-hmm. Like it was, they went six straight plays to him. He got him all the way down to the four yard line, and then got punched it in from four yards out to tie it at 20 there with like three, four minutes left in the game. So, you know, kudos to that. This whole team for Northridge, I mean, I know Gott's been a starter for them all year and a star, but like it feels like there's guys that are just coming out of nowhere every week, you know, like. Tag as a quarterback in general is like kind of out of nowhere because he didn't play the position to really to week nine, 
and all of a sudden he's like become a really solid quarterback. He didn't play his best game Friday night. He threw two picks. You know, maybe you know wasn't the best in the throwing game. He still had over 150 yards passing, but and you know and a touchdown pass in the first second quarter, which was a great throw. I mean that throw was beautiful. The Kate Saints Saints rainbow. It was an awesome throw to the back corner. Yeah, that was great. Um, He rushed. He also rushed. You know. Right, how he had a ex- good game. Like how he, you'd expect him he to wasn't rush. bad. It wasn't what he had performed at the two weeks prior. He said after the game he played his worst game like ever, which I mean, I'm, maybe it was a little critical of himself there. Obviously, he still played pretty well. The two picks were bad, especially the second one where they had just intercepted the ball from Leo, or they had just forced a turnover. They, I think they, right, they had the. They forced a Leo turnover, and then two plays later, they turned it right back over. Okay. That was rushed. That was, I was probably in a bad the car, one. so uh, the first the first one was also. I guess they were both bad because the first one literally set up the Leo's touchdown to take the lead in the in the beginning of the third quarter. Right, you were at you were working. Sorry, you know you missed both of them. So you, tag only played well when you were watching. So obviously you got to be on the field the whole game on Friday. So will I be? No, I got to go ahead at halftime. Yeah. Halftime again. Or first quarter even. 7.30 p.m. start, by the way, for this week. Um, or second the, quarter. Before half. Do whatever your heart desires, bud. And then come uh, back. Come do back. whatever your heart desires. We're going to have team coverage Friday. We're talking about all these coverage plans Friday. Why is that? Well, because Northridge won. And by virtue of winning, they get to keep on playing. And they host Mississinawa. 9-2 and Mississinawa. Ole Miss. you got to say it like that. Wah. At the end. Um... Ole Miss, as they like to be called, because it's spelled like Mississippi, but E-N-W-A at the end instead of I-P-P-I. So, uh, Ole Miss, 9-2, and two, coming up from Gas City, Indiana, about a two-hour drive to Middlebury. Uh, that's why the game is starting at 7.30 p.m. and not 7 p.m. So, note that start time change, folks. So, yeah, when you show up 30 minutes early, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, you're, gonna, you're still going to be cold. It doesn't matter. Uh, game time temperature is going to be about in the 40s, slow 40s, high 30s maybe. Uh, for uh, Yeah, so it's going to be cold. Uh, hopefully, it stays dry. It looks like it's going to stay dry as of now. Rain on Thursday, but hopefully it stays dry Friday. So We've got snow coming up. Yeah, man. I told you. You were asking me the other day, when does it first start snowing here? And I'm like... Pretty much right now. Like, any time now, like, will be, like, when we get the first snow. But then it kind of warms up a little bit for a few days, so whatever snow falls, it'll be gone. Right. It, it won't stick. The snow won't stick until December, probably. You think so? Yeah. You rarely get a snowfall that stays in November. Sheila's, would you agree, Sheila? She'd agree. She gives me a thumbs up. Because, <laughs> it, it, like, it does get above, like, it does get back to 45 degrees at some point, 50 degrees, and melts it all. You know, we're December, it never gets above 20, and then it stays there, so. I need a unseasonably warm December. Let's mm, see. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? You can keep uh, keep praying to uh, your God for that one, and good luck, because uh, it's not going to happen. Now you just you just uh, jinxed the Polar Vortex 2.0 into existence, so thank you for that. That's fine. We all survived the Polar <laughs> Vortex in 2019. That we'll was Walk miserable. outside and freeze, and then Negative 40 degrees, in. negative 60 wind chill. That was awful um so yeah Ole Miss they uh they're nine and two they actually had a game canceled in the regular season so that's why they've played one less game than the Raiders uh they beat Jay County 49 nothing New Haven 42 27 and then Fort Wayne Wayne 
uh, 42-6 in their road to the sectional 20 championship. Uh, Jay County in the regular season was 3-6, and six, New Haven 4-5, and five, and Fort Wayne Wayne was 2-7. and seven. Um, So maybe not the best competition in the world to win that sectional compared to Northridge, who had to beat a Northwood team that was 5-4. and four. Uh, Columbia City was four and five in the regular season, and then obviously Leo was eleven and zero, so or nine and zero in the regular season. At least it's convincing wins, I suppose. They did beat like right. They took care of business. They weren't close against any of those teams. So you know, Mississippi probably lives up to their nine and two ranking. Um, if you look four, at their offense. Yeah, it's very quickly. Want to before we get into the offensive breakdown. I'm going to quickly mention the ending of that game against Wayne, which caused a stir uh. <laughs> on, uh, on social media Friday night. Sort uh, of. There was a big, big brawl between the Wayne and Dwayne, the Wayne and uh, Ole Miss players uh, to the point where they stopped the game with seven minutes left. Uh, they just called it. They were like, this game's over, 42-6, we're at the running clock, we're just going to call it. Uh, looked like call. looked like the Mississippi players started it. Mississippi had the ball. Looks like an offensive lineman maybe blocks a little too hard after a play ends. Fort Wayne not happy about that. I think there had been like uh, trading of words throughout the game. Um, I had seen some of that stuff on Twitter, and then they had the big fight to end it. Uh, good good on the Mississippi coaches. They immediately ran out there and like pulled away all their players so they didn't really get into like a fight because like they could have gotten easily gotten suspensions uh more than maybe what they got i have never heard i haven't heard anything official but they got nothing because if they got something it would be stupid in my opinion yeah after what i watched i mean the it wasn't the mississippi guy did start it like he his like really late block shove thing was yes. egregious. It's worth a personal foul, but it's not worth anything else. And uh, unless there had been built up during the game, obviously we don't know what happened during the moments that led up to that. But if we're watching just that clip, probably not. A I mean, maybe the Wayne guy before that uh, frustration was given the offensive yeah. lineman a hard time. Well, I don't know. If I'm looking at the size of those two guys on the clip, I don't think the Wayne guy was pushing around the offensive he lineman. He can talk to him, though. He's got <laughs> words. He's got a mouth. Yeah. But uh, a lot of the Mississippi guys are just running off the yeah. field, though. And then the Wayne player, smart. the Wayne players started running at the Mississippi coaches, which was crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a wild. And I, I'm glad the refs just called it. They would, if that game had kept on going, something bad would have probably happened, like injury or you know someone would have gotten hurt. I think like Maybe so arrested. good on the refs for just calling it. Yeah, a little bit of arrested. Action. I don't know about arrested, but I mean, unless someone took their helmet off and started swinging it like Miles swinging Garrett, it around. like Miles Garrett a couple years ago, remember that? Yep. Against Mason Rudolph, he was just trying to put his helmet back on him. You know, we look at the angle of it. Just very aggressively. Very aggressively trying to put the helmet back on Mason Rudolph. Um. So yeah, you got some uh, you got some numbers there, Evan, on the uh, Ole Miss, the Mississippi Indians offense that shows that. You know, they, they like to run the ball. They're there are more, some numbers A little here. more balanced than what Leo was, was, but I think any, almost every team is more balanced than Leo. Uh, but Not is, that much more balanced than yeah. you'd think. But they have three times as many passing yards as Leo did. Yeah, but I mean. Still. Three, they have 3,589 rushing yards this season. It's pretty good. And just 661 passing yards. So it's uh, safe to say they pretty good. like to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, 53 rushing touchdowns. That's actually insane. 326 rush yards game. Leo is at 344. Yeah. So. And then Mississippi also averages over 40 points a game. 
similar to what Leo did. Yep, and they've, they've scored, you know, 49, 42, 42 in the playoffs. So, they've, they've maintained that average and then some. So Right. Yep, and they have a one-two punch when it comes to running backs. Yes. Mr. Hayden Nelson, he's a junior. Mm-hmm. He has rushed for 1,221 yards and 19 touchdowns. That was your lead back. You take that every day. But there's another one. He's not their lead back. Carson Campbell, senior, very short guy, but very speedy at the same time. He has 1,936 yards and 30 rushing touchdowns. It's pretty good. So, two different styles of running backs. Uh, Campbell's a smaller, uh, kind of shifty, speedy back, and Nelson is a lot like. The Leo running back they faced last week and Mason Sharon, who's kind of bulky, kind of bigger. It's going to run through you, but also has speed. Mm-hmm. So it's and they don't they don't run you know an option offense necessarily. They have a bunch of different formations. They run out of the shotgun a lot, from what I saw. I saw a video of them, a couple of their highlights from that Wayne game, and a lot of those touchdown runs came in the shotgun. So they run a spread offense sometimes, but they still want to. Just run the ball mostly. Mm-hmm. So right. that, I feel like that can definitely be a challenge when they spread you out and they still run the ball on you. Mm-hmm. Because gang tackling becomes harder, I would say. Definitely puts a strain on the defense. So that'll be something that Northridge will have to work on this week for sure. Yeah, it is it's it is very similar in the sense that they will run the ball a lot like Leo did. But again, it's a little bit of a different running attack. So, and it's... It's weird. So, like, you know, Northridge has played a lot of, obviously, run-heavy teams. Mishawaka, Warsaw, Plymouth this year, too, tried to go triple option against them. Um, this is not really a triple option. Leo, Leo's was triple option-ish as well. Um, you rarely see an offense like Leo, though, where, like, 90% of the time they line up with no wide receivers. They were like, yeah, we're just going to put three backs in the backfield, seven linemen and a quarterback, and good luck. You know, the triple option at least has someone out there, you know, to spread it out somewhat. And then Leo would also go to a four-wide receiver set, which was insane. Like, it was like there was no middle ground with Leo's offense. It was like everyone at the line of scrimmage or no one at the line of scrimmage and spread everybody out. They never, I mean. I mean, it works for them, I guess. How many pass attempts did Leo have? Eight. That's kind of a decent amount. Six of eight, 86 yards. They had a 35-yard touchdown pass. That was awesome. That was probably the best pass of the game was Leo's touchdown pass. And that's surprising because yeah, obviously it was an amazing pass, pass over the middle of the field. I mean, just perfect ball, perfect placement of it. It was amazing. Um, yeah, so yeah, Mississippi is going to run it, but they do have a decent passing threat, you know, with their sophomore quarterback, Nolan Quaterer. Quaterer? I'm going to say it's Quaterer. Quaterer. 600 as a light just came out on the podcast from a new light. So it was Quater. Sorry, yeah, it's Quaterer. Obviously, that's a sign from the lights. Um, 617 passing yards, seven passing touchdowns, six intercep- interceptions, though. So he can watch out for the Ridge Raiders. Speaking, he can you know, get that pick. So, uh, I'm, I'm expecting a fun game Friday night. I think it's going to be, I mean, you get to the regional, you're playing a good team, you know, like there's you rarely get. In football, at least, you really get bad teams at this point. Um, you know, kudos to Northridge. Their, their regular season record obviously finished at five and four, and you know they the the second half had so many injuries, and for them to be in the spot is pretty amazing. The final four of the North, at least, 
uh, with them. And then the other game on Friday night in 4A, Northern football is Lowell at New Prairie. Uh, so that's that's two teams right there are also like 9-3 and three and 10-2. and two. So, like, again, everyone's really good. I kind of wrote about this, um, you know, on Monday, for the Monday paper, just about, you know, the 4A in the North right now. There's no ranked teams left. There was no one in the top 10 is left after – this past week so it's really cool like it's kind of fun where any one of these teams could conceivably be playing in Indianapolis the weekend of thanks you know Thanksgiving weekend you know like it's not impossible to think that Northridge could win the next two weeks or New Prairie or Lowell or Mississinawa and be playing in the state championship game you know some years even if you look in the south in 4A of 4A like Ron Colley is you know mowing down people they got a tough game this week against Mount Vernon Nazarene um, no, Mount Vernon Zion or something. It's not Nazarene. I just <laughs> not Nazarene. That's the college. Um, That's the college in, in yeah. the Crossroads League. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mount Vernon is like they beat. They're rolling through people too. So that game will be fun. Uh, that's like number one versus number four in the regional uh, down in there, Indy. But uh, you know, like usually, like you have a team like Ron Colley who's just like insane, and like they're gonna win. You know, like Cathedral in five A. Center Grove in 6A. We thought that with Bishop Lores in 2A, but they lost to Eastside, which was an amazing, a huge upset. Probably the biggest upset in the state last Friday was Eastside beating Bishop Lores. Good for them. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to, like, you know, there's not a favorite in the North. Like, who is the favorite? Who, do, who are you taking at this point? Like, any one of them could win it. So it's really fun. You know, you get to put yourself in a chance to win a state championship. That's that's cool. So I'm I'm excited to see how the games play out Friday. I'm you know cautiously optimistic Northbridge will win, get a semi-state game. They would either host Lowell or go to the New Prairie, depending on how that other game shakes out. So um, hopefully we have a semi-state game to preview next week on the podcast. So we'll find out in uh, two days. We will find out. Yeah. Uh, quickly before we move away from football. Athlete of the week. We're gonna just we already put it on social media and Twitter and Facebook, so everyone knows that it's in the Wednesday paper. But we have to give a shout out in the podcast to Dylan Ritchie, Northridge kicker, winning our athlete of the week award. He kicked two field goals uh, in regulation and then two extra points uh, in regulation as well, and then of course kicked the game-winning PAT to beat Leo Friday night to give the Northridge Raiders a sectional championship, their second sectional championship in program history, along with 2014 when they went to semi-state as well, lost to New Prairie in semi-state that year. Fun fact. So maybe the stars are lining every seven years, every seven years. Um, It's the revenge tour. I'm just saying they could, it's they they avenged a loss to Northwood in the first round. They avenged a loss to Leo for last year's sectional in in last week. Maybe it's a sign. They've never played Mississinawa, I think. So no, no avenging there. No avenging against Columbia City in the semifinal either. But just saying, just put it out there. Uh, Dylan Ritchie won our Athlete of the Week award uh, vote, and the Goshen News Athlete of the Week award is sponsored by our friends at Played Against Sports. You may never outgrow your favorite sports. Rich, almost said Rich. I don't know why. Uh, Richie, maybe. You may never outgrow your favorite sports, Evan, but you may outgrow your equipment. Your locally owned Played Against Sports provides an easy way to sell your quality used sports and fitness gear and get paid on the spot or trade up for what you need now. Not only will you be saving with affordable used gear, but they also supply 
the latest new equipment and accessories from the most popular brands. Visit our local Play It Against Sports store located right in front of the Concord Mall in the Elkhart Dunlap area for all the best deals on sports equipment. Play It Against Sports is a proud presenting sponsor of the Goshen News Athlete of the Week Award. Richie gets a $20 gift card to Play It Against Sports for winning the uh, fan vote as well. So congratulations to him. Congrats Richie Dylan. Richie beat out four girls basketball player nominees. So let's count that as second kicker of the year to win. With Grace Kircher from Goshen, who was our first winner. So two football players have won. They've both been kickers. How about that? You look happy in this photo. Do they look happy? Do I I look? I said you look happy. I look happy? Yeah, I'm happy for them. The Athlete of the Week photo. Yeah, I'm happy for them. You can see that online on our Facebook page and Twitter and GoshenNews.com. Even Chad looks happy. Do we smile? Yes, Chad. Let's all smile, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for him. Happy happy belated birthday, Chad Epley. His birthday was Friday, and he won a sectional championship on his birthday. 27 years young. Good for him, man. Uh, okay, girls basketball. I was trying to make a segue to girls basketball, and then you interrupted me with my smile. I was like, wow, I actually smiled while in a picture. Um, girls basketball is underway. Fairfield Falcons look very good. 3-0. Uh, they beat Jimtown 68-25. Northfield 6330 and Wallace 5228. I know well, those aren't the best teams in the world, but you win by 20 for Wallace, right? They hmm? they won their first two games Wallace was 2 and 0 and then they probably didn't play their best against a very good Fairfield team. Fairfield's defense, man, they're going to suffocate a lot of offenses uh this year. I'm really intrigued to see how they play Saturday. They're going to get a you know, a test in Goshen. They're a 4A school, you know, 4A versus 2A, and Goshen's coming off a nice win over Lakeland Tuesday night. Um, comeback victory for them. Brent Shoup Hill's uh, younger sister, Kyra, 15 points. Uh, so the Hills just keep on playing. Coming in. Here they go. Cycling in and out. Yep. Sean Hill's still the coach. Um, so I am really intrigued to see how Fairfield looks against Goshen. That's going to be, I don't know if it's a, it's hard to call anything a litmus test in early November, but like, Playing a bigger team. I know Goshen is a little banged up. Tyra Markham is not playing. Uh, she's injured. She's been seen. I've seen her in pictures on Twitter wearing uh, a big knee brace and on crutches. So I'm assuming she's not coming back uh, for a while. A while. If um, at all. Going to investigate that on Saturday probably. Um, do a little journalism. And uh, so, yeah, but Fairfield looks good, man. And this is... You know, this feels like a team for them, the Killer Bees, as Brody Garber, the coach, called them. Bree Garber, Bailey Willard, and uh, Brooke Sanchez, the Killer Bees. They're they got a chance. I mean, it's, it's early, so we're going to talk about them throughout the winter. But they have a chance to what? Go make, on, make a run, not go undefeated. Undefeated. Like, <laughs> they got still they, the NECC. You know, they got Garrett in the NECC this year, who's very good. Uh, so it's going to be hard to go undefeated. But you know, they're going to be the favorite in their sectional. I think so. We'll see. Uh, like I said, Goshen, nice win. Uh, they lost to Laporte on Saturday, but they came back and got a nice win over Lakeland. Comeback victory. Uh, Lakeland and Northridge played a good game on Saturday night that I was at as well. Northridge got a big win. They're 1-0. They play at Fort, uh, yeah, Fort Wayne Homestead tonight. Ayanna Patterson, the number four recruit in the country. She's actually signing her letter of intent for to play at UConn at 5 p.m., and then she goes to go play Northridge as like a consolation prize. It's like, oh, cool, I'll play tonight too, I guess, against Northridge. So, it's kind of cool for Northridge, right? Dude, they play they play an insane schedule. 
I mean, that's what Doug Springer was talking about after the game. Because, like, every year they always load up their schedule like this. They play Fort Wayne Southside on Saturday. And they, they used to play Hamilton Southeastern, you know, every year. They play in these tournaments that are, like, really tough. Like, they load it up because they know they got to beat Penn. they got to beat Warsaw in the sectional. Like, they have to beat these teams. And they got to get ready by playing those types of teams. So, um, but he was like, you know, how many how many teams in the last four or five years can say they've played – you know, uh, the uh, girl who went to uh, Louisville, um, Evers, Evers. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on her name, but they've played Patterson four straight years. They've played Homestead four. I covered Ayanna Patterson. She came to Homestead. They came to Northridge. Her Patterson's freshman year, I covered that game. So, like, I've, you know, it was like her third ever game. Like, I'm just saying, like, they've played her four straight years. Like, not I'm not trying to brag about covering... I had yeah. Patterson once a year, once every, <laughs> once a year, every other year when they come to Northridge. But like, what about last year? Yeah, I was at that game too. So, does she look like a UConn player? Yes. Northridge hung close though last year. They almost, I mean, they were within like five or five points, I think, with like a couple minutes left. They they were in that game the whole way. Uh, I don't know what they'll do tonight because Homestead just beat Carmel by thirty two. This past weekend, um, Carmel wow. was ranked fifth, and Homestead was eighth in the state. So, like, that doesn't make sense. We'll see. Um, but yeah, Northridge—they're going to be a team I keep an eye on too. This 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 winter, I almost said this fall. We're not in the fall really anymore. We've got football left. That's it. So, unfortunately, it's winter time. Yeah, uh, I was I was kind of intrigued by Concord before they got kind of boat raced by Elkhart last night. They won their first two, and it was like, okay, Concord. And then Elkhart beat them 73-37. Uh, Westview also kind of lost tough one. Bethany Christian got their first win. Did beat Jimtown. Yep. Zoe, William, Zoe Willems. Zoe Willems. Not Zoe Williams. <laughs> Matt can never say that name. Uh, Zoe Willems, 19 points. She's already uh, starting out strong for them. So. That's all you got. That's all you got. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be hard. Girls basketball, it's so it's so early. It's hard to get a gauge, you know, on anyone. So we'll have a fall winter. Jesus, we'll have winter previews. <laughs> God bless it, Austin. Uh, we'll have winter previews coming out next Friday. We're working on those this week for the other sports, both swimming's, uh, and boys basketball and wrestling. This is true. It is true because I said it. Um, okay, Goshen College. Quick update on Goshen College. Men's cross country is going to the NAIA National Championship race for the third straight year. Congratulations to the Maple Leafs men's cross country program. They finished sixth in the Crossroads League race this past weekend, but the first five teams ahead of them are ranked teams, and Goshen College was receiving votes in the top 25 poll. So, like, very loaded conference and everything. The Crossroads League is probably the best conference in NAIA at this point. Um, which so, is too bad for Goshen. Right. It's very tough for they them. They don't have the numbers. Right. You know, they need so, to consider something else, but maybe there's nothing else to consider, unfortunately. Right. So they were sixth, and uh, they got an at-large bid for the third straight year. Um, fourth time overall going to the national championship, which is in Vancouver, Washington this year. That's it's a very long flight. That's a long flight. Um they were 27th in 2014, 20th in 2019, and 22nd in the 2020 race, which was actually ran in April of 20 like this past year, April 2021, because of the pandemic. The cross the national championship race was moved 
to the fall or the spring because of COVID protocols. So they will run uh, in Vancouver, Washington uh, next Friday the 19th. So boys race at like 10.30 a.m. Pacific time, I think. So 1.30 our time. Is Vancouver like really close to uh, Vancouver? The border? Yes, I think. I think they are. I'm not 100% confident. Don't quote me on that. Um, but I would guess just by default, being in Washington State, you are close to the border. It'd be funny if it was just like super south of Washington. Right near Oregon. Wasn't even close to uh, the can- Canadian border. Canada slash yes. United States border. Uh, Goshen College men's cross-country program also had a busy recruiting week, at least amongst the, for our local recruits. Uh, Goshen High School's Drew Hogan and Concord High School's Anthony Roberts both committed to the Maple Leafs in the last couple of days. Hogan announced it at 5.15 p.m. Sunday, and I know that because I was walking into Martin's to buy some uh, beverages, um, <laughs> wow. and he tweeted it out, and I'm like, huh, okay, guess I'm going to go back home, and uh, I mean, I bought my beverages, and then I went home, and I, you know, did some work, not with the beverages, by the way, for the record, for the record. Just for buying yourself some Coke. Yeah, some, some soda. Co- Coca-Cola. Yeah, I, you know, Metal Yellow Zero, you know. The real uh, original taste. That's what I, you wanted. I could not get that original taste. You know what I mean? Um, and then Anthony Roberts tweeted it Tuesday evening that he was committing to the Maple Leafs as well. So that's pretty cool, man. You get those two. Obviously, you know, Hogan was an all-state runner in cross country. Uh, Roberts also went to state this past year. We talked about them last week. Uh, and both guys will run track two for Goshen College, of course. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, cool for them, man. That's that's awesome like, to stay in their hometown area. And, you know, I think one of the biggest knocks for the most part against Goshen College in general, uh, more so in basketball, and it's maybe not their fault, but, like, recruiting local talent has always been kind of, like, perceived as an issue for Goshen College. So to get Hogan and Roberts to commit, and Michael Johnson for the men's basketball program right now, who's playing well, like – that's exciting. Like that's gets local interest up and you're going to have more people going to your events. So if you've got local kids, I think playing now, I'm not saying make your whole team local kids. You still want to win, put up the best product possible. You got to recruit who you who you can get, who you think you should get, you know, but it's nice to see the, the local guys wanting to go to Goshen college. It hasn't been the case necessarily in recent years. It's Cause that program is probably the best athletic program. At Goshen College. That and the men's volleyball program at this point. I would still put track and I would still put cross country. Cross country. Yeah, Yeah. both. Rustin Nice, man. Building up a nice program. He's a nice guy. Um, He's a nice guy. Building up a nice (laughs) program. Um, Yeah, just just nice. Just really nice. Um, So good for them, man. It's been a good week. Really good week for Goshen College men's cross country. So it's exciting. Uh, Not a good week, women's basketball, man. Last night I was there. Lost to Northwestern Ohio, forty-seven to forty-four. Uh, maybe the ugliest basketball game I've ever watched. Not the Wildcats either. No, Northwestern not, not Ohio. The, Big Ten team. the Racers. <laughs> yeah. The Racers. Uh, that was a really not great game. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, kind of ugly. A lot of turnovers. A lot of fouls. A lot of missed free throws. A lot of missed free throws. Goshen missed eleven free throws. Nine in the first half. It was painful watching it. I was like, oh my gosh throw the ball in the hoop, like, just 
seriously stop. Like, if they make half their free throws, they win. He said, just throw the ball in the hoop. <laughs> like, no, it was like, they like, you know, like, it just was like, oh you my God. You do it. it. It was just painful to watch it. I started thinking, like, is it my fault? Like, is it because I'm here that they're, like, missing these free throws? Am I in their peripheral, you know, angle? Like, Couldn't keep their eyes off you. I, I know. Think, I think that's the problem. Yeah, here. they're like, wow, the camera's there, media. <laughs> it wasn't me physically. No. <laughs> Anything physically about me, it was the camera being there. Uh, but yeah, they're, I don't know, like... Coach Miller, Stephanie Miller, dear friend of the podcast, uh, was not happy last night. Not happy. Um, This team has, in theory, like all the pieces there to be good this year, to be at least a 500 team, if not better. I'm not going to say they're going to contend for the Crossroads League championship or anything, but like they're a team that can make some noise. And I don't know. This last night, it was just so frustrating to watch that. So I hope they regroup. And Coach Miller was like, "We're gonna like, there's no days off. Like, we're not taking any days off. We're gonna like, you know, get back and no yeah. sleep. Actually, she, she's like, if I have to yell, then I have to yell. And I'm like, okay, just don't yell at me, please. I didn't do anything. She um, yells enough. I mean, her voice is always hoarse. Well, it's weird. She doesn't really yell, yell, but like, she's always raspy. It's just like, I don't know. She's, she's really, always using that voice. That's I funny. know. Uh, but yeah, so let's see how they recover. Uh, they play IU Kokomo on Saturday. I'm not, I'm not going to act like I have a scouting report on IU Kokomo. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh, they start Crossroads League play next Saturday against St. Francis uh, at a home game against St. Francis next Saturday, the 20th. So, you know, right around the corner, here they come. Here comes the Crossroads League schedule. It's, uh, it's a bear every year. Brutal. Just always four, five, six ranked teams, men and women, basketball. So, and cross country and, like, every sport. So, you know, here it comes, you know. So here it comes, and the men's basketball—they're two and three. Yep, women are three and two. By the way, I don't think I said their record. Yeah, they're I don't think you two. did. But that's a pretty decent start for both of them. I mean, if you kind of look past that performance last night up to this point, no, like I'm still—I think I'm still kind of optimistic about the women's team. Uh, the men, we'll see. Michael Johnson, like I mentioned, kind of a stud. Twenty-three points in three games, back to back to back. After he didn't even like play extended minutes in the first game, right? He he led them in scoring their last uh, three games. That's pretty. That's pretty exciting. So he's um, been efficient. Him and Elias Ramirez and Ryan Mansberger have been the the three guys leading the charge on offense for the Maple Leafs. You'll see him on Saturday against Madonna. Strike a pose. <laughs> so. Uh, hopefully the Leafs, the, the Leafs uh, men's team can pick up a win. So we will find out. So yeah, uh, quickly. Stay tuned. Quickly, Notre Dame. Whoo! I think I fell asleep watching them play Navy on Saturday. Um, yeah, there's not much to really talk about when it comes but to Notre beat. Dame. Uh, they won. They won. <clears throat> yep. The biggest thing was definitely the defense. You can tell that Brian Kelly and his staff are very used to the uh, triple option. Yeah. And they played like it on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Held Navy to their second lowest season total in rushing yards. Only six points as well. You play like that on defense, you're probably going to win the game. So, the that's best, exactly what happened. The best part about the Navy game was that it was over in three hours. It went quick because mm-hmm. we know Navy just – Ran the ball the whole time. They had one completed pass, right? They did have the first lead, though. They were up 
Three nothing. Right. Hey, Mizzou was leading Georgia three nothing too on Saturday, <laughs> <laughs> and then lost forty three six. So, hey, easy take solace in the small victories, right? So you do. It was only seventeen three and a half, but then, then uh, Notre Dame ended up opening it up in the second half, and Navy had no shot. So, yep, they shouldn't have had a shot because now they're two and seven. Yeah, Notre Dame lose Navy. Still. That's a problem. Still waiting. Like, yeah, Notre Dame kind of dominated. But, again, like, it wasn't, like, a true, like, start-to-finish domination. I'm still waiting. You're not going to gonna get that. No, I know. But We're like, nine they, games in. They should do that. They should do that against Navy. That's what's so frustrating about this team. I know it's also so frustrating because they keep on winning. So, they're going to get a New Year's Six Bowl game because they don't have anyone else. Like, Virginia, maybe. Maybe Virginia just throws for 600 yards this week. They might not have their quarterback. Yeah, like – that's the only way like Notre Dame loses another game and gets out of the near six. Like they're gonna be eleven to one and going to the near six. Fiesta <sighs> or Peach. So stupid. It's like they're not that great. Like they are, but they aren't. That's what's so frustrating. Fiesta or Peach. Please Peach. It's a lot cheaper to go to the Peach. <laughs> <laughs> Fiesta would be cool, but it's a ten AM local start for that game. Ten AM kickoff in Glendale. On New Year's Day. On New Year's Day. That's brutal. Everyone's going to be like hungover from That's New Year's brutal. Eve. That's <laughs> brutal. That is awful. Who scheduled that? Um, not much of a fiesta if you ask me. Huh, they don't it? care about people. They only care about money. I know. So that's what But like the fiesta bowl should be like, they have the sugar bowl that night at like 9.40 p.m. Eastern. Like put the, flip it. Flip the sugar in the fiesta. I agree. And time slots at least. Not in the location. You can't literally, that would be stupid, but... Uh, yeah, so they play Virginia this week. Virginia throws the ball around the field, but they don't have their quarterback. Who cares? That's my, that's, my analysis. that's my like outsider, but kind of inside analysis. They aren't that great either. Wrote a good story about Tyler Buckner. He did. So read about that on the Goshen News website, please. It is on the website yep. at goshennews.com slash sports. Mm-hmm. Hey, you got it down. There you go. Only took you forty five weeks. Um, <laughs> all right, well, uh, we're, we got to wrap this up. I think uh, Sheila wants to go eat. I want to eat. I'm kind of hungry. Um, I want to eat too. Evan wants to go it's eat. Trifecta. Let's all go get Wendy's. Yes, <laughs> this is not an ad. I promise. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to the Goshen News Sports Podcast. We'll be back next week, recapping all of Northridge, Mississippi, potentially previewing a semi-state football game. Who knows? If Northridge wins, you never know. We might be doing a little preview action. Uh, stay tuned to thegoshenews.com slash sports for all of our content this week. No Paper Thursday. If anyone's listening to this on Wednesday, no Paper Thursday for Veterans Day. Thank you, everyone who has served our country. Uh, Stu Sports, sport, former sports editor, also a veteran. So thank you, Stu, uh, for your service. Um, he posted on Facebook today. He's not doing any sports-related posts on Thursday, only Veterans Day posts. So shout-out, Stu. If you want to go to Stu Sports' Facebook page and get lost for three hours reading all of his posts from one day, go do that. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about all of that and, and more. So tune in then.